Hi guys, this is the Walking Wolf Podcast. I'm your host, Jalon Martz. Um, so season four has been underway and it's been, I've been blessed by it and taken notes as like interviewees have spoken. And so um, my hope in my heart is always that when you come to the podcast that you get something practical to move your life forward. Um, and I know I always say it's, it's you know, becoming the women that we're supposed to become, that God intended for us to become, but I know guys listen. And so it's really about you getting tools and skills to move your life forward, to move your generations forward. It's for all the people that you're connected to. And so um, I just think Jesus has been doing, he's been showing out with just the content and the things that he's brought forward um, in this season. And today is no exception to that. I have with me my spiritual sister. Her name's Courtney Breland, and she is definitely one of those people that Jesus just brought into my life. Um, and she's just covenant. She's like covenant family, man. And so um, I'm really excited today to really talk about how to use our faith to overcome challenges in our physical body. And you guys have heard me say this on the podcast, if you've listened for any amount of time, um, that whenever the word is coming forth, it's preemptive and it's meant for you to get what you need for your journey. God is always making sure that you are prepared and ready um, for whatever storms that life will present because life is just going to bring that kind of stuff. And so um, don't tune out if you feel like, nah, I'm good in my body. I know how to use my faith for that. Like, no, God has tools and things for you, even in, in this, if this is not the space that you're in currently. So make sure you're plugged in, have your notes out because um, Courtney's just going to give you out of business because that's just what you're going to get. <laughs> so Courtney, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm super yeah. excited. So can you tell us just a little bit about how you came to faith? Yes. Um. So I grew up in church Um. and I've always, we bounced around. We bounced around to church to church. So I always was saved and going to church camps and stuff like that. But I got for real, for real saved once I got married, um, kind of hit a battle road. And I just was like, that's it. I know where I got to go. And since then, it was just like everything that I was battling and going through, God was, I would show up in church, he would answer. And so I just kept testing that out. I was like, oh, okay, let me try that again. And see if you can answer everything that I had. Let me try that out one more time. And it just it unraveled from there. I just continued to walk out the path. And I got for real saved um, in 2019. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So 2019? Oh, sorry, 2009. <laughs> I was like, hold on, let me, because I don't think that's what she had meant. <laughs> no, 2009. 2009, <laughs> which is crazy because 2009 is about the time that we got to our former church. And I remember like seeing you around and stuff. And we probably didn't get connected until like 2014. Maybe around that time. Yeah. Because that's when I first started coming to the church. Um, And then for those that know, um, Lamar does football. And so that's how we first met your dad. Mm-hmm. Um. Because um, Elder Moore at the time, or Pastor Moore, was introducing him. And then I, it was right before I started going to school for mm-hmm. athletic training. So it just kind of all unraveled. So yeah. your dad was like, oh, when you finish, I want to talk to you for my school. And then we just built that bond. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Traveling, all the football traveling that we did together. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and party planning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> party, party planning, trauma, party planning. So, um, could you talk about, um, a little bit about the, the physical attack that you experienced? Um, so your battle was kind of came in the form, not kind of came in the form of cancer. So can mm-hmm. you tell us a little bit about like how you came to find out, you know, first thoughts, all of that? 
Yeah. Um, so my story really um, started, we were actually at our former church um, at an Easter event. And um, I was talking to your, actually it was your mom and Deacon Rupel. And I remember like it was yesterday, I was standing there and kind of like just looking down and I was sweating. And so I was like just wiping off the sweat as I'm talking to them. And I felt this lump on my neck. And when I felt it, I was just like, mm, I need to get that checked out. Like, cause that's a pretty big lump sitting underneath my clavicle. So the following week, um, I went and started to get checked out and, um, in that time frame, um, which was in 2016, I was about to finish up with my master's. So I was a student. I didn't have good insurance at the time. Um, and so I wasn't seeing my normal primary care. So I went saw this lady. She did some tests and stuff on me. And I was just like, eh, I don't have inner peace with this. I don't really trust you like that. So we're going to wait until I get a job and I'm going to go back to my normal primary care and see what he says. So um, I graduated school. Um, I got a job like a month later and I got insurance. So then I went to my primary care and he kind of said the same thing. Like, hey, um, you know, it's just your lymph nodes. Keep an eye on it. Like, it's nothing. Um, if it starts to bother you, we can take it out or drain it or something like that. But you're fine. Which brought me to a year later when I was serving in children's ministry. And I remember it like it was yesterday, too. Like, okay. You know how we all pray before church starts and we're going to have our confessions over these kids and I'm sitting there and I'm praying to God. I'm like, Lord, please let this be a calm class because mm. I am exhausted. I just have no energy in me. I need these babies to be calm today. And so um, those kids were angels. <laughs> <laughs> they came in right about snack time. We do our lesson and then they went to sleep. And I've never had all my kids go to sleep. Mm. And so I'm just laying there and they're just, it's quiet. And I'm like extremely exhausted. And I'm like, okay, this is good. So I leave church. Um, I go to my mom's house. I'm extremely exhausted. And I fall asleep in her recliner. And I had like the stiffness in my neck. I just couldn't keep my eyes open for anything. And I was like, something's not right. Mm. So I was like, all right, it's been a year. I still have this lump on the side of my neck. Now it's starting to become stiffness on the side of my neck and I have no energy. I'm going to have to like step this up. So I go and I see another doctor, um, which this is where God really just puts people together. So this guy I worked with for five years in the OR and I was his first assist and he's been through so many battles with me. Um, he was there when my father passed away. Like he is just, been such a good man in my life and so I call him and he was like yeah something's not right something showed up on an x-ray like we need to get further testing done and so he was making it happen as if I was his daughter like nope stuff has to happen now we're not waiting a month we're gonna find things out now and um he did it he you know it got to the point where he's like oh do you have this symptom this symptom I was like no I don't have anything like I'm nothing at all and he's like okay well um he was like well just rest or whatever let's just wait for this test to come back and that weekend I promise you every symptom that he asked me about I had um bad enough where we had to go ahead and he had to admit me into the hospital because he's like something's not right like he knew that he saw some spots on my um chest x-ray 
And he had kind of told me, like, it's either going to be immune deficiency or you're going to have cancer. And he was like, but let's figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so we, I'm hospitalized for a couple of days. Um, I, every test in the world is ran on me. Um, every infectious disease test that you can name was done. Um, and the hospital's like, nah, you got to go. Like, you don't have a fever. You got nothing else. All these tests keep coming back negative. You need to go home. And he's like, no, she needs to stay. Like, I'm going to do one more thing. We're going to do a biopsy and then she can go home. But something is wrong with her. But I had nothing else that they could really keep me at the hospital. So he did the biopsy and then they sent me home. And a couple of days later, I got a phone call from him first telling me that an oncologist was going to call me that I had cancer. Um, And he just I remember him just saying, like, I don't want you to freak out. Like, we're going to get through this together. I will schedule surgery for you next week. Um, And this is a very curable um, disease that you have, cancer. But we, you know, it's going to be a battle. Mm. So um, the next voice that you're going to hear is your doctor is going to call you. And so normally, which was very, you know, normally they just have like an office call you like, hey, we need a set appointment. But I had the doctor call me Mm -hmm. and say, this is what I found. And I want to see you tomorrow. Um, So that's kind of what happened. Um, They diagnosed me with stage three um, lymphoma, um, Hodgkin's lymphoma, which is like a lymphatic system, immune system um, Mm -hmm. disease. Um, and so it was stage three. So it was in my chest, it was in my neck and my liver and my spleen. And then I had an enlarged spleen as well. And so I just, during that time, I was like, here we go. Mm -hmm. Right. So I started, um, I had surgery that following week, um, to go ahead and put a port in so that I can receive chemo. I started chemo about a month later and then I went through six months of chemo going every two weeks. And then once I finished up that six months, I was cancer free. Okay. So like start to finish from finding out that you had cancer to going through your treatment and being cancer free. It was about a six month process. Um, it was almost, it was about a nine month process. Okay. So a little bit mm-hmm. under a year. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we, <laughs> we've been talking about faith a lot on the podcast. Yeah. So what role did your faith play? Like, how did you... How did you use your faith in overcoming? Because you use the word battle. Your doctor was like, it's going to be a battle. So like, how did you use your faith in this battle against cancer? Yeah, it was like when I remember when I got that phone call, I felt like this is like this numbness. Mm -hmm. Like I was numb. I had no emotions Mm -hmm. at all. But then I had immediately following that like a peace. And it was like it was a familiar inner peace that I had like all right, so there's going to be a process. You're going to have to follow the process. And at the end of the process is a victory. So don't get emotional about this. Like just follow out the process Mm -hmm. and that's how it's going to be. And I had experienced that like inner peace before, like when through marital situation and through my dad passing. So I knew it was familiar a little bit. So I was like, okay, I know what this is. So don't get upset about this. Like it's going to be a process. Like there's going to be a lot of information and it's going to be overwhelming. Just stay focused. Mm -hmm. And so that was my first thing. And then it was like, okay, you're really, really going to have to buckle down on your faith. Like you're going to have to take everything that has been downloaded to you that like I've been in church since 
all my life, but really, really in church a lot since 2009. And so it was just like, you're going to have to start all that stuff that's been downloaded, start uploading it because mm. you're going to need this and you're going to need that. And like, these are all the things that you're going to have to use in your fight. And so I really was just like, okay, I can do this. I've, I've been learning. Like I literally, I can learn this stuff. And, um, a couple scriptures came up. So one, um, James one, um, 21, it talks about like, you're going to have to get rid of all evil and filth and you're going to have to humble and accept the word of God and what he's kind of put in your heart. Um, and then he's going to save your soul from that. And that was just like really big for me. Like, like, okay, so I just need to get rid of everything. I need to make sure that positivity is around me. I need to make sure that I accept, you know, God's word for what it is. And then we're going to have a victorious. Um, and so I just purposed to make sure I surround myself with positivity. I made sure that um, there is no negative thoughts. And when those negative thoughts that I had a scripture or something to fight back with it. Um, and then Jeremiah 29, 11 was my all time favorite. And it sat right next to my bed. So every morning when I woke up, it was the first thing that I would see that God has a plan for me and it is for good. Um, and it is for a future and for hope. And I would see that every morning. Like, it's just to make sure that I just stayed forward. Mm. So you brought up like some of the, the, the negativity, because all of that's thoughts, um, mm-hmm. keeping positivity around you and having scriptures so that you can fight back. Um, I know when we experience stuff in our physical body, a lot of times the hardest part is the mental piece that comes along with that, like the mental battle and the thoughts that are kind of assaulting you and this won't happen and that won't happen. And you're going to, you know, all of that that's going on. Um, So how did you fight like fears and imaginations of losing your battle? Like what, how, like, how were you going toe to toe with those things? So you have to remember like, during this time, I was like maybe a year out of college mm-hmm. and I already spent, so I was doing my master's in a year. And so I was like, okay, my main focus is school at this time. And so when it came to 2017, right before I was diagnosed, I had like a renewed all my goals that I really, really want to be closer to God. I really wanted to spend more time because it kind of got pushed on the back burner while I was in school. And I really wanted to um draw closer to my husband. And so I felt like when I got the diagnosis, I was like, oh, shoot, this enemy is trying to mess up my plans. Like the two things that I'm really trying to work at and I just have so much vision for this stuff, like you're trying to mess it up. And then I was like, wait, no, no, no. The enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. I was like, that's not what's going to happen. And then I thought back to a message that I heard before that said that the enemy's agenda is to destruction and his um, strategy is division and his tactics is offense. And I was like, man, I was like, so he's going to sit here and I'm just, he's going to continue to attack me. So I'm going to have to fight back. Um, So again, I was like, all right, I'm gonna have to put my armor on. We're just going to have to battle these thoughts. And so um, for me, I really posting those um, spiritual verses around my room was helpful because it was like everywhere that I stopped on my way out of my room in my bathroom, if I'm sitting on the recliner, like I needed to have thoughts 
posted around me. I needed to have people around me that were going to uplift me and not scare me. And I was like, I don't want to offend anybody during this time. But if you're negative or comparing me to somebody else, I'm just, you got to go. Cause all I have time for right now is just the positivity. Um, I made a playlist. I think it was your mom that gave me the idea of like, Hey, maybe you should just put a playlist of music on. And so I built up my playlist of I'm like, I'm going to praise the Lord during this time. Like the enemy wants me to separate and to fall into his little trap over here. I was like, I'm going to do the opposite. Like I'm going full force. Like this is my time to sow. This is my time to really put some seed into the ground. This is really my time that I am going to um, just draw closer to God. And so that's what I did. I made sure that, you know, I was reading the scriptures more than I ever read them before, sowing into people's life more than I did before. Um, and I just, I knew that I was going to, I'm entering a new season and there's going to be a blessing at the end of it. Um, so those negative thoughts and stuff, when they came in, I just had to keep that God's promises ahead of me. Like, Hey, there's something on the other side of this. Keep sowing, keep praising. Um, keep moving forward. Don't like wither away in this time. That was so good, man. You said so much, especially like, it was almost like you had to put blinders on. Like all I can, all I can afford to see and put in front of me and entertain and, um, and here is, is winning. Like, I can't really, yeah. I can't, I can't get caught up in what happened to your friend or what didn't happen for so-and-so or any kind of negativity um, that I really have to like, put blinders on and run full force into, like you said, God's promises and keeping that in mm -hmm. front of you and keeping that on your mouth. And then knowing the enemy's objective, like, oh, no, so you're not going to pull me over into discouragement and get distracted because you're here to steal ultimately what you'd set out, the vision that you had. Because what I heard you say was that you started out so full of vision. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes people forget, like, when you try to move forward, like the he he's a strategist. And so um, if the enemy can distract you or pull you away, like that is his only hope at getting at what you have vision for, because like you, you are an overcomer, like victory is yours. Um, his only shot is to try to distract it and pull you off course. Um, That's so good because one of the, um, one of my things that I had posted up was that um, negative thoughts are just a result um, of distractions. Mm. So that's all it is. Um, so you get these negative reports and everything, and it's a distraction away from your time. It's a distraction away from um, time that you could be spending in the Lord and just doing things. And so it's like if negative thoughts and maybe like a negative report that you get, if all that is is a distraction and you're over here in worry and all you're doing is worrying about it, then you're just wasting time. And so um, one of the phrases that I had put up is um, stop getting distracted by things that are nothing to do with your goal. Mm. And so um, I kind of think that goes with what you're just saying. Like he, he'll use anything. Mm -hmm. And so for me, vision and that time with the Lord and that time with my husband was so big for me that it was just, mm, let me pull you off course for a second. Mm-hmm. You just have to pull them back. Because uh -huh. it sounds like you were able to see around the smoke screen like, oh, this isn't this isn't actually really about cancer. This is about you trying to steal my vision and mm -hmm. steal what I'm coming for and the advancement that I'm coming for. And like that also provided some clarity about, OK, no, we're not doing that. We're staying on track and we're staying on course. Um, so good. So, um, you know, it's easy to get distracted. 
like we just kind of talked about, but I think discouragement is something that also kind of comes along, um, especially if the battle's been long, if it's like uh, ups and downs. So like, what advice do you have for someone that is finding themselves feeling kind of discouraged with how their journey, how their battle is going? Yeah, I would tell them to um, first and above everything else that no matter what you're going through, God has the final say in it. So if you focus on that, and just fix your thoughts on what is true and what's honorable, um, then that really takes a lot of the worry out of the um, equation. Um, and then it kind of goes back to the distraction and wasting time. Like you're discouraged about the battle that you're going through, but really why are we worrying about it when you know that the, you're going to be fine at the end of it? Um, so I would say I would really say for somebody to continue um, to not fear um, because God is with you. And that's what Isaiah 41. Don't worry about anything and fix your thoughts on what is true and um, control what you say. That was another big thing for me. And I know that we've been hearing a lot in the word about this recently, mm-hmm. um, but I had the scripture on my door. So every time I'd exit my room, I could see it. And you have so much control of what you speak. And so you have to, you know, like I said, my ear gate, my eye gate, I had to control so much because I wanted to make sure everything that was being poured into me is what I can say out. Because when you're home and you're in pain and you're just sitting there by yourself, what is it that's going to come out? Because you're going to have to be the only one to lift yourself up during that time. And so um, my favorite verse was Proverbs 18, 21. And it says, if you read it in the message translation, I think that it's just so, it's blunt. Like it is what it is. And there's no interpreting. It is what it is. And it just says, words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit you choose. And I had that written out. Like, which one are you going to choose today? Like, are you going to speak down about yourself? Are you going to give in to the enemy? Or are you going to speak life over yourself today? And Every day you wake up and you have to look at that and you're like, I speak life. I speak life. There's fruit at the end of this. There's fruit coming off my tree. I'm going to speak life over myself. And so I just say, um, don't fear, you know, that God has the plan for you um, and really just guard yourself, guard your heart. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's like maybe the second or third time that you've mentioned that kind of that you have to be super mindful. You talk about guarding your gates, guarding even just the people that you keep around you. Um, Cause you are, I think you're in such a sensitive space where anything, everything is just so um, it's, it's just, you're in a life or death kind of battle and you really mm-hmm. can't afford the little bit of distraction, the little bit of negativity, the little bit of, you know, whatever someone could bring into the space, or you, you can't even really afford to entertain a little bit of discouragement. You know, mm-hmm. that everything is just, it's so intense at this space that you have to be so intentional um, about well, you, everything. You think about it, it's like, so what's happening to you is a, such a dark thing, right? And then your body's already changing. You're going through um, so many changes physically, mentally, and it's dark. So you are already your worst enemy by you, you know, always being negative towards yourself or, you know, the thoughts that you have, why you don't have space for somebody else 
around you for that. And so that's where you just, it's important to have other people because on the days that you are in that dark space, you depend on somebody else to kind of be that light for you to help pull you out of that. So you don't need anything else because you already got like, I'm trying to keep myself positive while my body isn't cooperating with me. Um, so I think, I mean, it was one of the most important things that mm-hmm. I learned. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, a person um, that I follow. We're, we're uh, like Facebook friends and she's uh, had a son that passes, had an illness and it was prolonged and all of that. And um, the first time that I ever kind of heard this idea of aftermath um, like walking through something was kind of like from her because she spoke about, you know, if you're, you know, you win the battle and, you know, you're disease free, there's then life after the battle that you've got to figure out. And so people think, mm-hmm. you know, you have a miracle, you get healed and it's great, but there can also be kind of like this aftermath in your life that happens even if you overcome the battle. So like, what was your aftermath like? And then how did you sort of process through all of that? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that because, I feel like it is one of those things that kind of gets swept under, right? So the focus is on curing the cancer. And once you're cancer free, you're just like, yay, everybody's excited. And all right, you're done. And you're like, no, 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 no. You don't know the toll that I took mentally and physically and emotionally to win that battle. And for me, it's not over. Like I have... I'm in the shell of a body and I'm grateful for it. And I'm grateful that I just won this battle, but it doesn't function like it used to function. And now I've got to figure it out. My brain doesn't function. My emotions are not the same. Um, And all of that took a toll on six, you know, the past six months. So um, at times I debate whether the actual cancer fighting portion and the chemo was harder than the aftermath. And that's big. Like if you think about like we live in Florida, so we know all all about hurricanes and stuff like that. But if you can think about a hurricane coming through here, it takes a day, not even a full day. And it can cause so much destruction. And then you see how long it takes after for you to put everything back together and for you to go through six months of destruction and wear and tear. Like how much longer do you think that is after Um, for you to build yourself back up and put your pieces back together and then just discover, hey, we're not going to be the same as we were before. We're completely different. Um, So for me, aftermath was there was a lot of sense of abandonment. I felt like like I felt like the doctors were like, okay, we did our job. Check. And on to the next thing. And I'm like, no, 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 no. But like, I've got these issues that I've never had before. Like, I've never been this size before. Like, what do I do? How do I get this weight off? Like, I've never had this low of confidence before because I'm missing my hair and I'm really big and I can't move. And, you know, like I've got all this fluid buildup in my body. Like, what do I do with all of this? And you're just like, they're like, I don't know. I got rid of the cancer. Like, be happy with that. Mm. (laughs) And so, um, for me, it was, it was a battle. So I just like, it resonated in me that I'm just going to have to have body stewardship. Like I'm just really going to have to figure this thing out. And it's panicky because you don't know where to start because there's so much. And so it's just like, all right, just take a baby step. Just like go out there and pick up one branch 
and then pick up the next branch and soon enough you'll get it to start to get cleaned up. And so I, um, I did do counseling afterwards, um, a little bit for my mental health. Um, and for, um, my marriage because, you know, that took a hit as well because of a lot of the insecurities and the confidence and just, it's different. It's a different, a whole completely different life. Um, so that helped out a lot. And then I just felt like the doctors gave you the runaround, like, oh, your joints hurt, go see an orthopedic. Oh, this happened, you know, we'll just go send you to the neurologist or cardiologist. And they were sending me everywhere. And I was like, enough's enough. Like, I don't think anything's wrong. It's just the aftermath from the chemo. So I um, worked at a physical therapy place and I went there and I was like, all right, I'm just going to do therapy. I'm going to get moving. Um, they did some things to help give me um, feeling back in my hands and my feet and stuff like that. And I just really had to take it, you know, step by step and little by little. Um, but I encourage anybody, that's all you can do. Give yourself the grace and patience as you go through that process. Because just like a hurricane that comes in and ruins your city, you're not going to get it back in the first day, the first week, months. It can take years for you to get all of that back. But that is a rough part. And I encourage anybody that knows somebody going through it, that as supportive as you were during the battle, that you check up on them after the battle um, and just make sure that they're okay. Hmm. Oh, so good. I love the analogy of um, the hurricane because, you know, like my family's from New Orleans, and we're in Florida, you know, and so there's hurricane season and you just are familiar with, okay, the hurricane's coming, you know, it'll be the first half of Tuesday or the last half of Thursday. Um, but then there's kind of like seeing, oh, this tree's down, that tree's down for New Orleans. Um, the aftermath has taken years, if not a full decade to really see the city get back to um, something inhabitable. But it, even then it's not the same. Like it has the, the, the compilation of people and the types of foods that are back, like things have been shifted in the aftermath of this massive hurricane. And so I love that you kind of brought that analogy to the forefront that like, yeah, okay, so this was six months, you know, but then I've got the rest of my life that I am um, living with the effects of this thing that that came in and has rearranged everything. Um, and I love that you kind of spoke to being graceful and patient with yourself because I think sometimes we're just ready to move on, you know, like we just want to be done and we're out. And it's like, yeah, that's not it. Not it. <laughs> that's not it. So good. Um, so for anybody, because I think um, if we don't, if it doesn't happen to us, um, and there are little things I think that can take place in people's bodies where they can really apply some of the stuff that you've shared, but any advice, any resources or tips or anything for people that are walking through, like having an, a, like a, a physical assault on their body. Yeah. I would first tell them, um, that worry ends, um, when faith in God begins. So you really have to lean into God, um, no matter what you're going through little or big, like you don't have any kind of control over it. So you might as well just lean into God and see what he can do with it. Um, and faith is all about believing. You don't know when it's going to happen or when your breakthrough is coming, but you just know it's coming. And so again, you're just going to have to lean into God. Um, 
for anybody that is actually going through something, I would encourage them um, again to first keep God, God's words close, because that's really above anything else going to get you through. Um, surround yourself with a good system. We kind of talked about that already, keeping the positivity around. Um, and then finding somebody that is going similar. The enemy always wants you to feel like you're alone. And that's one of his tactics is to make you feel like you're alone and you've never, nobody else is going through this problem that you're going through. And that's not true. And this could be whether it's cancer or depression or you're going through a divorce or anything like you're not alone in it. So talk to somebody and find somebody know their, um, their issue might not be the same to yours. Um, but there's, you can find a truth within theirs or you can find the rawness or the reality into it i know pastor was talking about recently that um you can't ignore reality of things that um that is not what we call faith that you have to take faith stare it down and say you know what god god's gonna give me peace through this and i found finding a somebody that went through cancer she had a different type of cancer but for her to give me the rawness and the reality of what I'm about to go through was helpful not that I'm like oh goodness and I couldn't get like worrisome in it but it was like okay so now I know what to look for but I also know what to speak against and so I use that in my prayer time like um Dr. Jones had given me here's all the information that you need on your cancer And I went through all those symptoms and I just prayed. I was like, I'm not going to get this, this. And I knew what to look for, but I was like, I'm going to cast down all of these symptoms. And I think that is huge. So find that person that you can um, lean on, somebody that has been through your situation and have them walk it out with you. Um, And then find a foundation. So if you're going through, um, well, I guess you can. If you're going through depression or anything, you can find resources out there. But for me, finding Live Strong, um, which helps on many different avenues, um, and finding um, LLS, which is the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, it helps with your financial needs, right? So it's I wasn't able to really work fully. Um, I was grateful for what my job was able to do for me. Um, But financial burdens will come. Um, when you're battling through cancer. And I think that if you can find something, there's so many resources out there, support groups and stuff like that. And then I would give advice for anybody who has a loved one going through this, um, not to compare. So my battle is not the same of anybody else. And whether you're trying to compare good or bad, it's not helpful by any means. Um, That like I know that my father had passed away five years prior. Um, so some of my family members were having an issue with what they saw with him right before he passed. And then, oh gosh, that's how I'm going to be. And I'm like, no, like, I remember I had to take a picture of myself and send it to my brother because he would not call me. He didn't want to talk to me anything because he was scared of what I looked like because he saw what my dad looked like in his ending days. And so, um, that, like we kind of talked about earlier, like we don't have time for the negativity. So no comparisons um, is helpful. And then always being positive. Um, We kind of talked on it already, but if don't stop um, encouraging them, 
And don't stop being positive. Even if you feel like they're not receiving it, continue to do it because you don't know what they're battling for that day. You don't know what how what pain they're going through for that day. And, and they might not seem like they're receiving it, but that little bit of positivity, that little bit of light is getting inside them. And so when, on a day that is hard, that I could not get through it, I counted on my sister calling me and giving me you know, some good news or, you know, whatever, even if she was talking about her day, like I counted on that light. I counted on my husband to be like, you are beautiful today because those are the days that I can't tell myself that. And so it's just the reality of there's going to be those hard days that you struggle with. And so when you surround yourself with those people, they should be able to help lift you up as well. Hmm. So many good things. Um, so I imagine <laughs> that um, I just think the possibility and likelihood of someone walking through something right now would be high and that it might be really helpful if they could um, connect with you and, you know, just kind of take some of your words um, and put them into practice as far as like, okay, tell me, you know, give me, give me the tea. Like, how do I, how do I walk through this and what do I need and all that good stuff. You've given amazing things now. So where can people find you? How can they connect with you if they have questions or just want to be connected um, with you? Well, I am on social media, so you can find me on Facebook and Instagram. Um, I am under Courtney Breland and on Facebook and Court Bree five on Instagram. Okay. And so guys, I'll link that stuff um, in the show notes that you can connect with her because I just think it's really important, just like you you emphasized over and over and over again, to be connected with positivity. And I love the idea even of like having someone that's walked through something, you know, to go ahead of you and tell you, okay, this is, this is the terrain. This is what you're up against. Um, it just reminds me of like having, just having a mentor, even in that space, you know, and how important mm-hmm. that is. Um, and the other thing that you said that I loved, cause I didn't even think about this and it felt like a total hack that you can yeah. look at what your symptoms are going to be and then pray against them that like, yeah. yeah, no, I don't receive that. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. And using your authority and, and like you brought up with um, Proverbs 18, your words, um, to shape your your reality in another way. Um, so that's so, so very good. Well, thank you so much for sharing and, and giving you. us your wisdom. And because that, I mean, that was hard earned, hard fought for wisdom. And so thank you for sharing it. Um, I appreciate much. it. I appreciate having the platform to talk about it because um, I haven't been able um, to talk about it. Um, I've done one testimony in church, which was very emotional. It was right after I was getting through it. Um, But I was really excited when you talked to me about it and really excited um, as I was going through my notes, like, oh, yes, I get to tell somebody and help somebody through this. Mm. So I really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, man. I just and I love I just love that you said that because that's the heartbeat of the podcast that you can take what you've walked through and give it to someone and it can be something that helps them overcome faster, not scrape their knee the same way. And I just think that's just it's just a beautiful way to steward God's grace and walking us through things, but just life. And so it's good stuff. It's good stuff. So guys, definitely connect with Courtney. I'm going to link her um, social handles into the show notes that you guys have access to those. And don't forget that you can connect with the Walking Well podcast on socials as well. Um, And we are Walking Well podcast on 
um, Instagram. We are Walking Well Podcast with Jalon Martz on Facebook. We are on Twitter. It's at Walking Well Pod One because they chose how that handle came across for some reason. <laughs> I'm not quite satisfied with it. And so I'm going to say that a couple other times. It's fine. But definitely connect with us there. Um, you can hear snippets of Courtney's pieces. And I'd love for you guys to tell me or Courtney's interview. And I'd love for you guys to kind of just shout back and tell me what stood out to you and the things that you're kind of taking forward and implementing because there's so many nuggets in this um, man for now, for later, for people that you know. Um, so definitely connect. Have an amazing week. Thanks, guys, for listening. Boss it out. Bye. Bye.